Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Well, two episodes ago, we were talking giant crabs. One episode ago, it was giant maggots. And t- today, we've got um, giant silverfish. Those... That's true, yeah. There's mm. a theme developing, isn't there? Yeah, and I was thinking next next time it's uh, Fifth Doctor. And it's a shame we've done Terry Leptal, because we could have kept the bug-type, yeah. creepy-crawly theme going, couldn't we? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's your choice for... Peter Davison, so and I have chosen it, but uh, no, I'm afraid. Yeah, this is where it stops. The giant, uh, uh, gi- giant bug stops here. Yes, with the Revenge of the Cybermen, our special. special when you weren't yes, expecting yeah. a special. Yeah, it. Um, like, like I said last time, it was. I think it makes sense to do it here because otherwise, it's going to present us with a problem. Sort of later on, it's going to feel tacked onto a 1980s, mm. you know, cyber collection i think so yeah i, I think it's uh, it, it's it's got a lot of things we need to discuss on it we have indeed yes. and um yeah we learn new things about the cybermen and yes we have other things to discuss because like you said before you and i have never discussed this story no 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 we haven't no um i suppose uh should we start on the so so background to, to our our involvement with this because this this is one we mentioned last week that with the maggots, I remember little bits of watching it live. This one, I remember this story from beginning to end live. Really? Because me, me and my mates, for weeks afterwards, were playing Revenge of the Cybermen. This really, really, really stuck in my subconscious. We were, we were, we always played the. You put your backpack on. That's your cyber bomb, and um, then you played the bit. And then one of us was always the noble Lester. Uh, sacrificing themselves and jumping on the other lot. Yeah, it was. It absolutely. It seemed to just resonate with me and my mates. Well, I mean, that this. went in yeah. with you, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. And so when when it uh, was announced they were releasing it on VHS, that was it. it was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And um, went out first day it was released. Went out, rented it, pirated it, uh, <laughs> and as you, um, did. As you do. Uh, and I watch it to death. I actually wore out my first pirated copy of this. I would watch it sometimes two or three times a day if it was like a weekend on a Sunday. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. This is, to me, this is my childhood Doctor Who. This is, this story. This um, is so, really weird, then. Yeah. This is you'll really have to weird. Forgive, you'll have to forgive because I'm very, very biased and nostalgic on this one. But I do recognise where it's... Uh, it's lacking. Well, we're that. This is going to be weird because I think we're going to be like opposites because yeah. I have no memory of watching this oh, upon really? first oh. transmission. I remember clearly, like I said last time, the Green Death. Um, I don't remember watching this. The first time I saw it was yeah. I I think I I either rented it or I've got an yeah. ex-rental copy of it, and um, 
This is a story which I've just... I'm very puzzled by this story in that I, I just find it incredibly dull and incredibly bland. And there's just something wrong with it. Um, and we'll discuss it as we go along. Yeah. But it's, I was thinking about this at work earlier. I mean, this is like, you know, classic season Tom Baker, isn't it? Yeah. You see all the other yeah. stories that are in this season and you watch them and they are a joy to watch. But this one, there's just something off. And I don't know if it's the direction. I don't know if it's the, uh, the camera angles used. I know an awful lot of the problem I've got with it is the Vogons and how... Right. They are completely interchangeable, and I never know who is who. And it's just a yeah. bit dull for me. <clears throat> That's really interesting. So this, this, I think this may be the one where we, our, we, we diverge our our views on it. Um, but I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that, and I think a lot of fans write this one off. Do you think you didn't see it because you you were sort of phased out? Because this was obviously the fight. It wasn't meant to be the final story of the season, but. It ended up being a fight. Do you think you didn't watch it because you were a bit burnt out by season twelve? No, no, or, no. I, I think I yeah. would have watched it because it, yeah, the rest of the season was yeah. terrific, and I know I watched them, so I know I watched it. Oh, I, I assume really I watched it, but it just has no yeah. impact on me whatsoever. Watching the four episodes for the recording today, they're, they're, I, I, I'm just—it should work. You've got you know yeah. Harry, you've got Sarah Jane, you've got. Tom Baker, you know, right at the start of his Doctor, it should all work. You've got good guest yep. character actors, but everything's all a bit meh. Um, I'm not engaged. Not that, that's, that's the word. That's, I'm not yeah. engaged at all by it. Wow, that's that's interesting here because I'm totally the opposite. I this uh, unabashedly, this is one of my favourite stories ever. Um, I I watched it probably more than most other. Tom Baker stories. Um, there are reasons for, I think, for for some of your sort of um, not objections to it, but the reason it doesn't engage with you. I think there are behind the scenes reasons for that, which we can go into. Um, but yeah, this is this. I think this is the first time we've had this, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because normally we're we might disagree over one or two items. Because you're right. The on paper, this has got everything going for it. So you've got Tom, Sarah, and Harry like the best TARDIS crew at the height of their powers, at the height of their performances. You've got guest cast, you know, you've got Monkey himself in yep. it, you've got Kevin Stoney, um, you've got good supporting character actors, you've got Michael Wisher, you've got filming in Wookiee Hole, um, Cybermen. It should all work, it shouldn't should, it? Uh, yeah. Now to me, and I, I, I understand that I'm totally biased on this. I, I think it does all work, but I absolutely understand, you know, having watched it with Anne, I can understand where I'm getting excited and thrilled by it, and she's like, this is silly. Um, but there are, there, I don't know how much you know about the sort of the, the making of this story, but there are reasons that it doesn't quite come together well I, I found some information yeah. and, and maybe you've got others yeah. for later on but it, it is curious that you know when this uh, was transmitted it was seven years since the last Cyberman yeah. one and they won't be seen again for another seven years yeah it, but it, this was this was um, very successful when it was broadcast and it did because you know we we, we got the uh, the Dennis Fisher Cyber, uh, Cyberman doll 
um, with nose. It. Yeah, it's it was quite successful in its time. It was sort of the the earth shock of its time, um, but yeah, t um, it it was done because Barry Letts had had uh, such huge success bringing the Daleks back after a long uh, sort of fallow period with Day of the Daleks, and it was, he thought to do the same with this for um, the Cybermen, but sort of from day one it all went tits for them um, behind the scenes so it wasn't quite the the sort of the resounding return that they thought it would be yeah but despite that the little you oh, I loved it oh my it God, worked amazing. didn't it yeah, so because yeah, I, I would have been this was what 74 wasn't it no 75 75 okay so I would have been seven how old were you? Perhaps that age 13. Was at 13, yeah. Yeah, see, so, so that, that could be a yeah. factor. See, that's really weird because um, the, they they basically said, um, who knows the Cybermen best? It's Jerry Davis, of course it is. Let's get him back. And they got him back and he delivered a set of four scripts which were sort of unworkable. Uh, and then he delivered another set of scripts and they were unworkable. And the, the complaint they had was... It's aimed at five to seven-year-olds, and our key audience now are 13 and above. So that really fits in. Mm. So, yeah, perhaps he knew what he was doing, Jerry Davis, but he was aiming at the wrong audience. Yeah, I mean... In I, my case, the right audience. Yeah. I, I most certainly wouldn't have been running around the playground the next day. No. Definitely not. Not at 13. Weird, because, yeah, I mean, his, his original... And this... We'll, we'll get into the story proper, but his, his original... Um, so, Ark in Space wasn't meant to be Ark in Space, it was meant to be a, a, a series called Space Station that fell through and then they wrote Ark in Space for it. But they already always planned to do uh, Revenge of Cybermen that then became Return of the Cybermen and then went back to Revenge. They always planned to do that on the same sets. Um, but the original script was written based on the sets that were available from Space Station and it was set on a space casino. Yes, I um, saw that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why, that's why Cybermen have a weakness for gold because basically he had written it in the uh, as you know all as we went through all the classic Simon there's always a different weakness yep. every time from and this one was well we're on a casino so what would they have oh they'd have gold reserves okay let's make the Simon allergic to gold um, and that held over for some god knows reason and that colored the rest of it but yeah the whole reason of this cyber weakness of gold was down to the fact that they were going to set in a casino mm. it's astonishing really yes yes all it's right. a stupid weakness i it, it makes no sense whatsoever well yeah i, I mean they say either the doctor or someone who yeah. says it clogs their you know yeah, their, their, their breathing things yeah. yeah but they don't breathe by, no. by by this point they should be just brains in a metal suit they don't yeah. have lungs um, yeah they don't and and it doesn't then make sense why um Injecting them using the Cybermat later on kills them. How is that clogging their intakes? Mm. Um, and then what? By the time we get like to the the late eighties, when like they're being killed by gold coins being flicked at them. Um, yeah, this the, the, the so one of the things that that I think this series messed up was this weakness of gold. Yeah, it was too latched on to later on. They should have thought of something else, you know. Yes, the script definitely. changes. They should have thought of something else. All right. Well, we'll we'll crack on and we'll get yes. in there. And
What great rewards have you promised Kelman? The matter is of no interest to you. Everything's of interest to me. And Cybermen possess nothing that a human might want. You are incorrect. Then what is it? You've no home planet, no influence, nothing. You're just a pathetic bunch of tin soldiers skulking about the galaxy in an ancient spaceship. You speak unwisely. We are destined to be rulers of all the cosmos. No, I don't think so somehow. You tried that once and you were nearly wiped out. Because of Voga and its gold. If humans had not had the resources of Voga, the cyber war would have ended in glorious triumph. It was a glorious triumph for human ingenuity. They discovered your weakness and invented the glitter gun. And that was the end of Cybermen. Except as gold-plated souvenirs that people use as hat stands. Watch it, Doctor. I think you've riled him. That is why Voga must be destroyed. Before we begin our second campaign. Oh, there's to be a second campaign, is there? We have enough parts in our ship to build an entirely new cyber army. And this time, Doctor, it will be invincible. Cybermen function more efficiently than animal organisms. That is why we will rule the galaxy. Loose thinking. The trouble with Cybermen is that they've got hydraulic muscles. And, of course, hydraulic brains to go with them. should accidentally drop it. Now I want some information from you, cyber leader. Of course, you know, our trio are in a transmat, aren't they, yes. from their last adventure? Well, we, we, we're greeted with um, dodgy CSO. Uh, what, the swirling the round show. and round, yes. yeah. Yeah, so th this was, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know to look at it, but this was filmed by having them lay on a yellow sheet and roll about on the studio floor. Um, you, you just wouldn't guess that by watching it because it's so well done, this shot. Uh, that's sarcasm, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, ter a terrible opening shot. Um, but it doesn't matter because when they arrive yeah. on Nerva Beacon, the TARDIS hasn't arrived, and we've yeah. got Harry, and it has been far too long <sighs> since we had a Harry story. What was the last Harry, what, what was the last Harry story we did? Um, <laughs> it would have been Robot, I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, Maybe we did Carnival kind of, of Monsters, but that was... Yeah, that, it wasn't really Harry. That was wasn't really that, Harry, yeah. was it? But yeah, it Harry, might have been Robot. Yeah. Harry, um, I think as, as we said in Robot, Harry really clicked for me as, as a companion. I, I loved Harry. He's... He's my sort of what an ideal companion is. I, I love his uh, Ian Martyr's playing of Harry. It's pitch perfect. Every I say, I've got a yeah. big smile on my face. Every time I say. <laughs> I, lo I love it when he goes, uh, can, can I have the time ring? <laughs> and the doctor says, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd rather like it. Yeah, yes. He reaches for it and it's like, you knew that was going to happen. The, the camaraderie and byplay between these actors is now just astonishing. It, it is um, fabulous, yeah. isn't it? Um, but yeah, they, 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 the doctor realizes that they're uh, they're not in the same time as the Ark in space because he can tell by looking at some of the equipment um, that it's uh, many centuries before. Um, and they decide to go and look for the TARDIS, um, and they open the door, one of the bulkheads, uh, and we get our first uh, our first plague victim. Who has the most amazing 1970s porn tash? Astonishing. <laughs> yes. They liked their tashes back then, didn't oh, they? They did, they did. Um, sadly, pretty much all the rest of the dead bodies on the transom are played by shop dummies. Oh, it, it's um, terrible. I mean, I know I'm watching it on Blu ray now. This is the yeah. first story we've reviewed where I can actually watch it on Blu ray, and oh my goodness, they are shop room dummies. Yes, yeah. I, I, 
I would love to... I mean, I, could, I probably could go and find my VHS from up in the attic. I don't know if I've got a CRT TV, but I'd love to go and look. Is it that noticeable that they're dummies? Um, I think it pro probably is, because I, I sort of dug out a few fanzines that reviewed it, obviously before Blu-ray and that sort of thing, and everyone moans that it's obvious shop dummies. Um, this, this is the first sign that there's, there may be a budget issue um, with this show, is the fact that, yeah, they, they don't... I think there's two extra... Oh, and they're not extras, it's Pat Gorman and someone else are playing the first in to, to count closest to the camera and then everyone else is a shop dummy and i love the fact that all these people died with their feet straight up yes <laughs> <laughs> almost as if they're fiberglass it's very strange maybe they're autons wow could be i wonder i wonder if um anyone watching it originally you know slightly older fans thought that what if they spotted shop the, the, the shop out, dummies yeah. yeah but it's called revenge of the cybermen it's i true, mean yeah. you know um all right, so yeah, that's when we see our crew, don't we? Yes, um, we meet our crew. I, I, I really enjoy this crew. I love a crew that wear beige uniforms with collar and tie. It reminds me of Rimmer's first yeah. uniform on Red Dwarf. I love this look. Well, these are all um, throwbacks to, you know, the 50s yes, uh, B-movies, right. where it was military look, isn't it? It's, yes, 100%. Because, yeah. you know, you don't want your spaceship crews to go around in, like... Um, jumpsuits and comfortable wear. I want them in collar and tie. Yeah. Collar yeah. and tie and battle dress blouse. That's and, what we and want. And the occasional moustache. Yeah, yeah. Moustache. Yeah. moustache. Again, um, uh, Warner, the radio operator, he's got a good moustache, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Soon to be ex-communications officer. And we've also got Kelman as well, haven't we? The rather Kelman. smug Kelman. Um, um, obviously a villain from the very first shot. Well, they know he's... Yeah. Um, Lester yeah. and the other guys, they know that he's a wrong one. Yes. And, yeah. and we find out from them that he's been locked away in his cabin at the first sign of the plague, and he's only just started coming out. Yeah. He, he, for some reason, he seems to have a cabin, but the others don't. But then he's also, when we first see him, he's sleeping on the bunk in the crew room. But he's got his own cabin. But I think he's because he's a bit of a spy. He's having a, he's listening in on everything, and he's keeping an eye on everything. Yeah. But he's so you might as well wear a, a badge that says villain. Mm. Um, so so obviously the bad guy is he. But yeah, we meet Stevenson and um, Lester. Um, Stevenson, of course, was um, Commander Radnor. He most certainly was. That, yeah. Good good solid actor. Um, and uh, Lester Lesterson. No, what's his name? Lester. Lester yeah. Uh, he, he, he really stuck in my mind when I was a kid. I thought this was like the ideal hero. Weirdly, watching it now, he doesn't do a lot. No, he stuck in my mind because I recognise him. He went on to yeah. be in all sorts of detective shows and things, yes, didn't he? Yeah. He's got a very he, distinctive face. He went on to, um, he married Roger Delgado's widow. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw that snippet, yeah. yeah. He was in The, the Gentle F Touch, I think. He yes, was one yeah. of Maggie's, um, yeah. not your cat, he, uh, yeah. Maggie's... Um, he looked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, um, he, he always stands out because he's, he's one of that era where he's got quite a pockmarked face. Yes. Um, so he does stand out. And the other thing that stands out amongst him is when he's in the studio, his uh, uniform badge is upside down. I didn't notice don't, that. Yeah, I don't know why. Bugs the hell out of me. Um, when he's on film, it's the right side up, so I'm presuming between the filming and the studio, they must have been dry cleaned or something, they took the badges off, and then whoever... And nobody noticed on, it was yeah. on upside down. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't um, be bothered to check with the other uniforms. Um, but yeah, these guys are on a 
a 30-year mission, which is a mad. Um, they've been put in orbit around... Um, I can't remember. Is it Jupiter? Somewhere Jupiter, like yes. Jupiter, yeah. um, somewhere far out. And they, they're there to... Because a new asteroid um, has appeared. Uh, and they're there to warn um, shipping. Yeah, space freighters. Very yes. Terry Nation. They are our space freighters. Um, it's nice. Nice sort of... Um, the vastness of space, so it's a 30-year mission, they've got to be there that long, there's stuff coming in that won't be here for the... It's quite a nice building up of the, the bigness of space. Um, but there, I just... I don't, so this entire crew is there, because we see probably about 30 of dead bodies. They were all just there as a... Why don't they just put, a, like, a automated beacon? Hmm. Is their job just in, when a ship comes in, they radio and go... Watch out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that big gold thing. Watch out, mate. Why does it take that crew? Because there's quite, know, a, yeah. quite a few dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. What are they doing in a normal day? What are they doing? Yeah, when there isn't a space freighter yeah. coming. Yeah. Because it's interesting. What are they doing? Because they have um, oozes on board. Hmm. I don't... It, we're back to the um, the thing, aren't we, with the cabinet full of shotguns. Why? They're going, we, we, need, a, we need a beacon. 30-year mission, guys. We need to be can get some volunteers on it. Uh, your job is there to warn passing spaceships. It's a crate of oozes. <laughs> did no one go, hang on. Well, in the script, it, it calls them like space lasers. But yes. Michael Bryant, the director, he wanted more, you know, uh, reality-based weapons yes. because that'd be more realistic. Yeah. So it's, out it's of the also, oozes. Yeah, it also sounds <laughs> weird, but it's a lot cheaper. So you have... You have some blank firing guns. There's no post-production. You don't have to do inlay shots, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're back to everything's pro uh, projectile weapon. But I, I quite like that. I it, I love watching it send the, the studio cameras crazy. Though. Well, well, the lines. Couldn't, yeah. yeah, or couldn't take it. Um, but yeah, then we get a, a glimpse of our, our redesigned Cybermats. What do you think of them? Well... I like them. Mm. Um, they're much better than the cute ones we were talking yeah. about the other week. Um, but I, I, I think that because it's such a radical change in design, if the if 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 the title wasn't Revenge of the Cybermen, if it was you know the Beacon yeah. or something like that, would your average viewer see that and go, "That's a Cyberman"? No, I don't think so. Unless they might make the connection, "Oh, it's silver." But a lot of things were silver back then, weren't they? Yeah, so, but most people were watching yeah. in black and white, so That's you might not have known actually, it was yeah. silver. You know? Yeah, I, th I think I think they could have gone with a, a title like the Beacon or the, you know something like that, or, or even the Planet of Gold, so, something, and kept the Cybermen a secret. But this was the era where they just wanted publicity on it, weren't it? It was it was almost we don't want we don't want to be too secretive well, they weren't doing it for the fans were they, they no were doing it for the it's what you said uh, barry letts you know had seen the daleks come back to a huge acclaim so uh, yeah. we have some more of that so of course yeah. they're going to tout it and of course yeah, yeah. you know tom baker on his day of launch as the new doctor it was him elizabeth sladen and a cyberman oh, wasn't it yeah. a bbc television center exactly yeah so yeah the i think they 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 went all out for people will watch it because it's the Cybermen rather than let we'll get good fan reaction by having a surprise. Um, it's, very, it's a very modern fan thing, that, in it, to have, to keep stuff secret. I don't, 
you know, pe people moan they get spoilers now, but yeah, when we were growing up, you knew everything about everything that was coming up because the radio timers would blab it to you. Yes, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, um, this this asteroid that's arrived yes. called Voga. Neophobus, yeah. Hmm. It arrived 50 years ago and, you know, uh, got caught in the gravity well of Jupiter and it's been there ever since, right? And, you know, that, it's never described where it came from originally. It just no, arrived. In, in the original, well, in the second set of scripts that they asked Jerry Davis for, he, because they said to him, your, your, your casino is right at, we're not doing, we're not, we're not uh, making pe kids want to go to a casino. So it's right at. So they asked him to do another one, and then he said, you've got to put a subplot on it. So the subplot was this uh, asteroid, and it was meant to be human miners on it, and it was meant to be just a... It was a meant to be of, Welsh yeah. miners. Yeah. Oh, God. We're back yeah, to last week. Yeah. yeah, it was meant to be Welsh oh, miners. Right. <laughs> Look at the size of that man, boy. Oh, he's a Cyberman. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a hangover from that, because this is in my notes I've put, the, none of this really makes sense. So... Everyone knows that there was a cyber war. On Voga. On Voga. Now, they're calling this Voga. It makes no sense that Ke if they go, oh, Kelman went down there and he decided to call it Voga. Because then when you go, hang on, Planet of Gold, Voga. Ah, that, that was the thing from the site. Wouldn't people be down there? Because hmm. um, it doesn't feel like that the cyber war was so long ago that it's become myth. Um... You get because no no one's going. Oh, Cybermen didn't exist. They were myth. They're going. Oh, they're, they're all dead in that war. That big old war involving the planet Voga. Unless they just thought, um, you know, that was a planet. This is just a, a small, sort of lump of rock. Because this is meant to be the uh, the survival uh, bunker. That's all that's left of Voga, isn't it? Is this survival bunker in a bit of rock? So this bit blew yeah. off during the yeah. war. Yeah, I presume so, and this is all that's left of that planet. Um, there is, I know it was named Voga um, after an island of gold that that wackadoodle racist Christopher Columbus thought existed, didn't he? Mm -hmm. he, he always was looking for nutjob stuff. Um, oh, horrible man he was. Um, so I wonder if they, they, perhaps they should have had a line where um, Kelman names it after that and no one makes that connection. But it, just, it feels clumsy that everyone knows it's called Voga. Everyone knows Voga was involved in the cyber wars, but no one, even the Doctor, doesn't really piece it together much. No, no. He um, should have been immediately suspicious, yeah. shouldn't he? He should go, right, I'm off. <laughs> Cybermen again. Um, yeah, now this yeah. Voga, I'm, I'm, I'm presuming, <laughs> you know, they film it down in Wookiee Hole. Yes. Um, so it's a hollow <laughs> asteroid, like the Clangers, is it? Yes, no, no, yeah. Nobody's on the surface. Well, they do. They they often make mention of um, the, the they say the the guardians control the uh, the mines and the route to the surface. But I don't know whether that means anyone goes to the surface. But it's it's not big enough, is it? There's no atmosphere. No. Um, so I doubt anyone's walking about on the surface. So yeah, I think this is just a this is a lump of Swiss cheese. Like the clangers. Yeah, like the clangers. Yeah, it'd be good if we'd have had a shot of the. The surface and there was uh, dustbin lids on it. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, looks amazing though, don't Oh, it? yes. It really is a good backdrop. Yeah. You've been there, haven't you? I've you been said there, yeah, before we, when yeah. we talked about it, I think yeah. for Blake Seven in character, you said yes, you used to go right, on yeah. school trips yeah, we, to we, it. Yeah, it used to be a regular um, from, you know, from Oxford. We would 
go on a coach and you'd, yeah, go to Wookie Hole. Um, I must have been there about three or four times with the school. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing. And I always remember that bit. They take you down there and then you turn the lights off. Yeah. And it is, it's what, what they called pitch black. Uh, yeah, and there's nothing. Your eyes stop functioning because <laughs> there's nothing, nothing. There's no light whatsoever. Mm. It's, it's really, really weird. It's very different yeah. there now. I think if you went back, you'd yeah, be a bit I shocked. Um, I think I said this when we did Black Talk. Subways and a bloody well, yeah. Well, when when you see the Vogans, you know, going down the steps and everything, that's how I remember it when I used to go there yeah. back in the eighties. But the last time I went there, you know, there's disabled access now. There's handrails everywhere. There's protective netting to stop you yeah. falling off the side <laughs> of the steps and all this business. So yeah, yeah it's not the same. Were, you could crawl over the rocks and everything when we were there. Yeah, not yeah, anymore. You're not. Couldn't stop the kids from doing it. Because um, you know when when like you you see the underground um, pools which absolutely reek in real life, they um, all all we got told was don't go too close. Yeah. <laughs> like, brilliant. It's a bit like different now. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we meet our um, our aliens that live on this planet, the the Vogans. Now, um, what do you think of these? Because uh, I, I I've got a problem with them. I'm I'm a little bit biased i i quite like that they've tried to do something different than alien by giving them full face masks but most of the masks don't work um, it's only like the three main ones that yes, were actually yeah. fitted to that person and then the other ones i've, I've got it in behind the scenes somebody yeah. it was john freelander took a mold of one of his assistants and based off of that guy's head, everybody else wore a mask based around his facial yeah. dimensions. And, and the trouble is, all the secondary masks, they all look like a rather startled Private Godfrey to me from Dad's <laughs> Army. Do. When he's like, oh, oh, oh. They just look con continually shocked. But I, I like I like Tyron's mask, uh, Kenneth. Uh, Kevin Stoney. Not Kenneth. Mm -hmm. Kenneth Stoney? Who the hell is that? I like his mask because they've done quite clever things by giving him hair and that, and it works really well. Um, Michael Wishers is okay, but I find um, uh, David uh, Collins. David Collins one, although I, I think the character is great. I love Vorus. I think he's a really good character, and, and David Collins can't do a bad performance. I don't think. I'm I'm yes. just surprised that that is David Collins every time because I'm so used to him in other yeah. things where he's quite a softly spoken person. But this Vorus is, he's quite a rager, he isn't are, he? Yeah. Well, everyone's playing against type, so you've got Kevin Stoney that normally is playing the the raving guy. He's softly spoken and an old man, and he's great. He's really good, but you wouldn't recognise him as Kevin Stoney. You've got um, Monkey playing this raging person when he doesn't normally. Then you've got Michael Wisher that normally plays like the Davros raging part is playing it as a, you know, I think someone with TB. I don't know, there's something up with his lungs. Um, yeah, so everyone's playing against type. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure they wouldn't have been better mixing them up a bit. Well, maybe that... Kevin Stoney to play villain See, I'm surprised that's Kevin Stoney as well, because oh, you're, you're, you're so yeah. used to him, like Tobias Vaughan, yep. you know, like, um, you know, in Dalek Master Plan, him playing it a certain way. Um, and also the fact you can't see him at all, so you yes. don't see that amazing face either. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm always shocked to get to the end of episode one and the credits roll and you go, oh yeah, 
It's Kevin Stoney. Yeah, to totally unrecognisable. He could have. He could have. If he didn't ask for credit on this, you wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't be able to piece it together. Same as David Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah de definitely. And Michael Wisher, for that matter, yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, Michael Wisher, you get the occasional lapse into Wisherism, don't you? As you go, oh, okay, that's that's Davros, because there'll be slight inclination in his voice. Um, but David Collins, yeah, is. I'm always again. I'm always surprised that it's him playing it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I like these these three characters i think they they work well the the masks are off put in as mm. is the uh the 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 massive vogon symbol that's obviously now become the gallifrey symbol it it, it yeah. now it's that yeah it is jarring to see that on the wall yeah. and on the floor and everywhere and it's oh blimey oh it's on everything I've, i i was uh, reading some fan thing where they were saying um trying to retcon it that this means the Time Lords were involved in the Cyber War and they backed the Vogon. Oh, oh, fandom, fandom, off. fandom. Yeah. yeah. I do like, I mean, it's rather, you know, pathetic attempt, but they, they, the BBC are trying to convey that everything's made of gold, even yeah. down to gold hankies and things like that. Everything has yeah. been sprayed gold or yellow, hasn't it? Yeah, this is, um, this is a very shiny cereal. Um, and I, I, we've, we've oft mentioned the minute you spray things bright silver and bright gold without either chrome in it or electroplate in it, it looks cheap and tacky. Yep. Um, and this does, it, it looks cheap and tacky. Um, my favourite bit is where later on when Harry comes down and he goes, Look, Sarah, it's gold. And you're watching going, No, it isn't. <laughs> It's, it's just not some even pebbles. Gold yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, they talk about their agent, don't they? Um, yes. And you know the fact that they've got all this gold is going to be a lure to pay their agent, and we get yeah. mention of Cybermen at that point as well, yeah, we, don't we? We get our first mention of Cybermen, and it's really weird because they're they're using like the um, the they're going the agent keep it secret, and then it immediately cuts, and it's it's Kelman. And yeah. They, and I think this again is a, an issue with the um, the original Jerry Davis script is that it's far too simplistic. So here's the villain; he's a villain. Maybe that's part of of why why it hasn't much of an appeal I to me so, because yeah. everything's laid out. There is no intrigue. There's no suspicion. No. There's no what's going on at all. You know everything that's going yeah, on. You don't you don't have to work anything out in this story. And I I think that's I think. It didn't resonate with you if you did see it because you probably grew bored with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, whereas I was a little bit younger, I was I probably viewed it more like you would the old Flash Gordon serials. It's like, oh, look at this exciting stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's there's almost no subplot whatsoever. No, because we see Kelman, we know what he's doing when yeah. he, um, you know, he nobbles it by. Well, isn't that? Um, oh, dated that yeah. the, 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 the real to real tape real to real tape that he pulls out. Yeah. You know, and this I is love, hundreds of years in yeah. our future. And I love that that he, he he pulls it out and it makes a noise, even though the tape's not touching anything. Yeah, it's like you you understand the concept of magnetic heads, do you guys? Um, yeah, it that's dated it really badly. Yep, yep. Um, he, he's also fiddling with his live and let die hairbrush. He is, isn't yes, he? Yeah, he's he's borrowed uh, James Bond's hairbrush, um, which again that's dated it really because do, do people still use hairbrushes like? Do you remember you used to get travel compact them and like and shaving brushes, those yeah. big bristle brush things for putting on you know your thing. 
Yeah. yeah. You just no, don't you don't get, get them now. Although, you can't go into boots yeah. and get them. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Although Kelman has got a lovely head of hair, so if anyone's going to have a brush, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Makes, from, yeah. make, makes sense. <coughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, this, so our, our, again, and this, again, is a problem with the Jerry Davis original script. So our, our crew and our TARDIS crew meet up. And it's like, we're going to kill you. And then 20 seconds later, yeah, we trust you. And th this always jars me a bit. Because I love the fact that like that, uh, Stevenson is going to kill Warner because he's been bitten by a Cyberman. Um, and he's going to machine gun him. And, and the doctor jumps in front of him. like, that's great, great thing. And the doctor says, no, no, I'm a, I'm a doctor of many things. And how he works on sailors and things. Um, and then, literally... Um, Lester gives Sarah his Uzi mm. and says, she goes, can I help you? And he goes, yeah, take this. You, you were literally just covering them with the gun. Yeah. If they had been bad guys, you're, you're, you've had it at that point. But I think that's a problem with the, the simplistic original script. You know, it's the old Pat Trout and everyone immediately accepts the TARDIS crew. Yeah. Um, there's no subtlety in any no, of this, no, is there? No, no, none whatsoever. Um, I do like uh, Tom's um, description of Kelman as like, who's the homicidal maniac? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Uh, again, superb performance by Tom Baker. In this yeah, film. and it's there that he finds out about Voga. He knows what's yep. going on. He says that the Cybermen all disappeared after the Battle of Voga. Yeah. And, and again, it's not subtle, because as soon as he says that, we see the Cyberman yeah. ship. Don't we? We get we get a hard crash and a gong sound, and it's the cyber ship. What do you think uh, of the cyber ship? It's one of those where it's okay. It's very basic. It's okay, but then they zoom in on it. It's like don't and do that. Don't do that in Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, must never do that in Doctor Who. Um, and then we go inside and we see the Cybermen. Cybermen. Our, yeah. our subject. What are your thoughts on the seventies um, Cybermen? I, these are my favourite ever Cybermen designers. <laughs> You have said that, you know, yeah. the 60s weren't your favourites. No, no. I think this was the perfection. And I know they're, they don't quite work because of the, the, the chrome, the, well, it's not even chrome, but the, the bright silver shows up fingerprints and scuffs and everything. But I love that these are, these are bulky, these are Terminators, especially later on when we get the absolutely amazing massacre scenes. These these were these were my Cybermen because I weren't I wasn't old enough to remember the sixties Cybermen, and I was an older fan when the eighties Cybermen come along. So to me, this is the Cybermen, bulky, uh, cyber flares, nice wetsuit, great helmet, and I love the um, the Cyber Leader. This is the first introduction of the the black Cyber Leader helmet. Um, I, I I adore these Cybermen. These are my favourites. Well, I've I've coined a phrase for these versions, yeah. and it's to do with the flares and the fact that they're not tucked in their boots. It is the deliberately bulkier yes. uh, suits that they did to beef them up a bit, and especially their poses. These are the superhero Cybermen. Yes, they oh, move yeah. like superheroes. They really yes. do. Yeah, hands on hips. Where they they have to duck to come into doorways. Yep. Yeah, these these are solid old buggers. These are uh, yeah, I, I solid love these buggers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're a little bit like I say, and it, if you turn your TV to black and white, that really helps them. I just don't. Yeah, I think color and non-chromed 
silver paint just don't they're not good bedfellows are they no. what do you think of the fact that for the first time the actor in the suit is speaking and that's what's being yes. recorded yeah again another re- you're right another revolutionary step for this was that it's the same actor playing them that does the voice which we get later on in all the 80s um, I, I I really like this because I think it it ties the performance much closer together, mm. um, and I love these cyber voices as well. They do sound mm. a bit like they're inside a, a metal bucket, which yeah. they are which basically. They are, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a bit of modulation on there as well. Yes, it, it's yeah. very slight, but yeah, no, I like them. Yeah, I, 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 I like them. I really like this, and I I have to praise uh, Christopher Robbie, who I know a lot of fans hate. I love his performance as a cyber leader. This is great. Because there's no pretense that these are emotionless cyber men. Oh, no, no. He's emotional, yeah. this oh, cyber leader. He gets angry, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. And I um, like this. I, I think there's, this is the first, the first real character Cybermen we've had since probably the first lot, since hmm. the Tenth Planet ones. Yeah, I, I really enjoy this performance. And I love his... The way he moves about it's very theatrical but very like yeah it's superhero hands on him and it's weird because he played the carcass didn't he in the the mind robber he so did he, yeah perhaps perhaps that's how he walked around in real life Aha! <laughs> I, I am in my tights um, i'll tell you what though as good as he is and i agree he is good unfortunately david banks obviously studied this Yes. Because here we get the first use of excellent that the yep. Cybermen have ever done. And David Banks extrapolated from his performance yep. here. And, yeah, we've got much in the way of hands-on hips and, you yeah. know, fists the, in hands. And Yeah, the, the 80s Cybermen were based on these Cybermen. Yes. That's basically all they, they had to to sort of go on. So, yeah, and they extrapolate on top. So you get, in the 80s, you get much more emotional Cybermen yeah, much more excellent. Um, all, they, all they need yeah. is a, a moustache to twirl oh, yeah, in the 80s yeah. Cybermen. And that, that would have fitted. Whereas I think this is pitch perfect. Because um, depending on if, if you're that sort of a, a fan that wants to bring everything together into one nice linear whole. Because these are not normal Cybermen. Because the Doctor says these are total robot creatures now. Mm. Um, they've got a ship full of spare parts, and they want to make new Cybermen. So I think you could go, you could, you could say these are not, these are not the original Cybermen. These are not emotionless people that are built up after time. These, these are the the very last Cybermen we ever encounter. These are the last of the Cybermen, mm. um, and that that's that's why they're a, a bit different, we should say. Um, yeah. But yeah, it it's. Unabashedly, I think these Cybermen are great. Yes, yeah. All right, well, we're nearly at the end of episode one, and that's yes. when the Doctor's in Kelman's room and he finds that transmitter hairbrush. Yeah. Do, do you love that Kelman's cabin has one of those screw-on nameplates that you put a bit of card <laughs> in and it's handwritten? I love that. The And, and the fact that all the, all the internal... Ca- uh, sort of cupboards and that are just MFI yeah. standard They didn't ones. have much money, did they? Didn't have no. much money, no. no. Um, but yeah, the, doc- the doctor finds Kelman's um, hairbrush and he works out what's going on uh, and Kelman knows he's there, so, so somehow with, with a couple of switches and a couple of wires electrifies everything on the floor. Yeah, apparently um, that's the Robert Holmes edition that yeah. was 
the electrified floor. Do you, do you remember when, like as a kid, you used to play volcanoes? In the oh yes, you're not allowed to go on yeah. the floor. Yeah, yeah. And you would swing on covers, but they would always break. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, you you were right on this one. We get something very familiar as an episode ending, don't we? Given it's what we almost shot week. for shot yeah. recreation yeah. of Joe Grant with a giant mega. Yeah. Which version do you prefer? Um. I think Joe Grant and the Mega. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know why Sarah's so engrossed in this really boring video. Yes. Um, she's watching. <laughs> um, well, it's been yeah, a long time since she watched TV, I guess. It could be, yeah, yeah, she's missing it. Uh, we get the cyber attack, uh, Cybermat attack. Um, and sometimes, depending on who they're attacking, sometimes it's really good, and then sometimes it's like, oh dear, you're holding it onto yourself. Yes, yeah, well, that's what Sarah Jane's going to be doing. Yes. Um, I mean, this is a holdover from the original script. Where the bloody yeah. hell did the Cybermat come from if the Cybermen aren't there yet, you know? Yes, yeah. Because uh, this, this is um, this is sort of, yeah, a, a Jerry Davis. Because very much in the, ter the um, termination mould, let's just reuse stuff we've done before. So this is like the wheel in space, isn't it? Mm. It's the same sort of thing. And the moon base with the plague. And it's just elements of... Of stuff we've seen before, but we were asking on the wheel in space, where did the Cybermen yeah, come yeah. from? It's even worse. I suppose you could say that that Kelman brought it aboard, but he hasn't met the Cybermen. He's yet. never met the Cybermen. Yeah. He, he hasn't picked it up down in Voga because he right. says he's been down loads of times to Voga. Yeah, they, why would they? There's no the life Cybermen? down there. Yeah. So yeah, where where did it come from? Yeah, that's a bit yeah. muddled. Um, and of course, yeah, Sarah Amazon is bitten. Yeah, Sarah's bitten by the, the yes. Cybermat, and the, the, the doctor tries to get the poison out of her because apparently you put her through the transmat, that will purify her. Yeah. It will remove any foreign which is, bodies. Which is quite a nice idea. Um, and there was a, a next-gen Star Trek episode which used this exact thing. And, and I often think, if once you know that, you've solved disease. Yes. Um yeah, so it's it's quite a nice idea, and but the the doctor realizes that, and a, a, again, I imagine a Robert Holmes word, the Pentalion drive, is missing. I love that Pentalion. Yeah, it sounds very him, doesn't if, it? If I ever if I ever like um, open a computer shop or a computer business, I'd call it Pentalion. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Have a stallion yeah. called Pentalion. Pentalion oh. the stallion. Yeah. Do you reckon there was ever any fanzines called Pentalion Drive? Uh, more than likely, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Sarah and Harry are transmatted down to Wookiee Hole. Yes. So, one other, that again, reminded me of Green Death, the, the virus is shown using front axle projection again. Yeah, it? but this time it's red yeah. instead yeah, of the green red. of last time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they get transported down to Wookiee Hole, um, which I love that whole sequence of sound effects. I think it works really well. And then we get some great... Um, in sort of uh, uh, acting from Sarah, where she's just like, "What the hell are you carrying me for?" The great Sarah and Harry, I could watch all day. Yes, yeah. You know, there's a there's a wonderful sitcom there with them sharing a flat, like Man About the House or something. Yeah, you know. See, all those bits are really, really good, but then yeah. the all the rest of it around them isn't as good. We you know? we we cut back to the um, the Vogons, Vogans, whatever the the. And I, it worries me because um, Michael Wisher's character, I keep thinking it's called Margaret. Margaret. They keep going, Margaret, you can't do it. And it's like, is this a, like a, an old married couple? Again, there's a sitcom there. Voris and Margaret. 
Yes. And he's more or less just coming. The twilight from years. Yeah. 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 I got the bus coming, Margaret, and you haven't made tea. <laughs> I've written the Doctor threatens Kelman with a cyber mat because yes. he's he's like radio controlling it or something, isn't he? Yeah, and cause so has is the cyber mat sort of thinking, or has Kelman radio controlled it to kill everyone? I guess he, so. So is he the murderer? Because we later on we we're meant to go, oh, he's a double agent, a bit like Lytton, he's a double agent. We should like him then and be sorry he's dead. No, he's murdered 30-odd people. Yeah, presumably that's what he's doing. When he's locked in the cabin, yeah. in his cabin... Yeah, he's sat there with his little hairbrush. Operating yeah. the Cybermet, yeah. I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a nice nice little scene. Again, smacks completely of Robert Holmes. Yeah, the Doctor threatens him with the Cybermat. He, being the craven villain that he is... Uh, gives up the Pentalion drive, which he's cunningly hidden by putting it on a string round his neck. <laughs> yeah, not subtle. Yeah, not um, subtle at all. Meanwhile, you know, down um, on Voga, you know, Sarah and Harry, they've been caught and then they try escaping and we have that line about my ankles aren't thick, Sarah yeah. goes, you know, yeah, you've, this you've got, bickering. Yeah. You've got ankles, or should I say fetlocks, like a shy horse. I love it. It's great. Um, they just, yeah, I could watch them bicker all day. They're brilliant. Yeah, they get uh, they get uh, caught and counted off to meet Vorus. And I love the fact that Vorus introduced himself. He's so up his own ass, and he's like, I'm Vorus, leader of the Guardians. Yes. And it's like, oh, dear, mate. Yeah. And at the same time, that's when the cyber ship arrives. Um, yes. Apparently, the, the the front of the cyber ship was meant to resemble a Cyberman's face, oh, no. oh, but I they didn't, didn't have that. enough money to do I was that. Say, I didn't, I didn't get that at all from the final design. Yeah. Um, that would have been quite good, I suppose. Yep, yeah. and it docks, and yep. in they come, the cyber leader, what, um, then shoots all three of them. Yeah, well, I don't understand because they go and there's a strange ship out there, and the doctor looks at it, and then he just stands there until it docks, and goes. We've got to stop them. Why? It's the Cybermen. Why didn't you think of that yeah. in the ten minutes you've just wasted? But yeah, the Cybermen strut, strut in, and this is a, this is what I think is a, a real step forward. Is they've no longer got cyber guns. Their guns are built in, which is what you would do. Yes. You're you're robotic. You don't need to carry a gun. No. And I build, I love build it. Build it they, in. Yeah. They they use the chest panel. They press a button and and the charges come out. Evidently, it wasn't very nice for the, the actors. Oh, I'll bet. Um, it wasn't particularly safe for them. But yeah, they, they gunned down everyone. Because as a kid, you don't, you know, I, I thought, oh, they've shot the doctor, killed him. I didn't know, I was an idiot. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but, yeah, but, they're, but they're there's nothing down. to convey that they haven't been no, killed, is there? No. Um, and Tom Baker's trousers are very high, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Christ. Yes. Um, but yeah, and that's that's the end of um, of episode uh, two. Yeah, it ends with yeah. the beacon is ours. Goes yes. the cyber leader. He's which great. Is... I love I love this performance. Yeah, but then the resolution is that oh they've just been neutralised. Yeah, yeah, they've only been stunned. Kelman does that wonderful thing of emptying the doctor's pockets, and it's just full of crap. Yeah, <laughs> it always is, isn't it? Things, yeah, yeah it's like, right? as as a. If he, if the Doctor was real in this persona, he's going to smell, isn't he? Yes. He's going to smell like an old man. There's Werther's somewhere around this person, isn't there? <laughs> where old Werther's mints are stuck to his pocket. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, we, we, we get that rather nice scene 
where they're on the bridge and I think it was improvised I think I read it it was it was in rehearsal yeah, yeah the three wise monkeys yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah it's it's great it's a real nice little touch and when you first spot it you go ah I know what that is um, and then we get which are the highlights for me is the Doctor Cyber Leader scenes because I love the way that uh, Christopher Robbie calls him Doctor yes yeah <laughs> I, I can't work out what accent it is but it's great it's you can see why they introduced a a personable cyber leader because can you imagine if this was like just the blank emotionless it'd be so boring yeah I like that scene and you know I like the doctor's response I've written it down he says what can you offer Kelman you've no home planet no influence nothing you're just a pathetic bunch of tin soldiers skulking about the galaxy in an ancient spaceship yeah way to go Tom it's it's poetry isn't it there's a reason in Earthshock that's the clip they use Um, yeah he's and I like uh, Lester's like watch it doctor you've riled him because the doctor's pushing this cyber leader and I think he rapidly realises he's very unstable um, and that can be used against him. Um, and they, then, they, yeah, they, they've got cyber bombs. Cyber bombs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the doc, doctor grabs one uh, to sort of threaten them because that's why he was trying to rile the cyber leader. Um, and then, I, again, a nice little touch where... The other Cyberman just presses a button and then one of the Cybermen from behind the Doctor goes round and grabs him. It's just like, it's good stuff. Yeah. Simple but good. Yeah. Um, I've got written down here, um, the Cyber Leader, the Black Helmet was a compromise. Did you know that? Because oh, right, yeah. Michael Bryant's idea for the Cyber Leader was to have a transparent helmet oh, right. and you would see the, like, the withered, mummified head of the original donor body but they didn't have enough money to do it it was too expensive no. well i think also it wouldn't because they they did that in Earthshock, didn't they with the transparent with the jaw chins yeah and they just missed up almost immediately mm. um, i just like the fact they'd have a transparent cyber helmet and inside you just see a very sweaty christopher robbie <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good yeah so i that... love as well um Kelman, when he's surprised and he does that karate pose, yes, I, I had to laugh. It's like, oh, that's that's wonderful. That's so over the top. Yeah, it's it's in keeping. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, the three are transmitted down to Voga because they've got yes. to plant the cyber bombs in these fissures, haven't they? Yes. Because it's going to blow Voga apart. Yeah, they, they're going to fragmatize the planet. And again, I like Tom Baker's fragmatize. Well, you can't expect good English from a robot. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they've gone down there with two Cybermen. And then the, the next sort of on and off sequence, as a kid, this just blew me away. This this was sort of my Terminator. Really? You've got, yeah, the, you've got the two Cybermen and then just hordes of Vogons going after them. And they're, they're not at all phased. They're just wiping them out. I, I love this sequence. Yeah, I think it's really good. Oh, okay. I, I was a bit numb plus by it. I guess I've seen so much since. Yeah, we've well, um, been desensitized to violence. That's the truth. Yeah, there is that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. We've also got Kelman saying that he's been working with Vorus to lure yeah. the Cybermen to the beacon because they've got a rocket. They're going to blow it up with a rocket, yeah. aren't they? An old Saturn V kit. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm <coughs> with Tyrum here. It seems like a stupid plan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cap. The idea is that uh, Kelman's pretending to be a double agent so for the Cybermen he's saying he's setting up the Vogons and for the Vogons he's saying he's setting up Cybermen and you're never quite sure what his plan for him is 
but yeah, he's he's going to lure the Cybermen onto the beacon, and then Vorus is going to fire the rocket at the beacon and destroy the last remaining five Cybermen in the universe. Hmm. Um, but but like most IT projects, uh, it's not ready, is it? The, no. The, the Saturn V Sky Striker model just isn't ready. What do you think? Because you're you're you like a rocket, don't you? What what do you think of? Uh, Voices, uh, well, they, it's good they've adapted it. They've added extra fins yeah. on the bottom. You know, they've changed the design of it. It's not just like um, in uh, in Blake Seven when yeah. Megat's rocket was like yeah. a, a Soyuz rocket, wasn't it? It was just yes. a, a, a bog standard. So they have done some conversion work on it. I've got, I, I, I'll put it on Facebook, uh, the, the original sketch for it. It hasn't got a Cyberman's face on it, so I think mm. they'd given up even before they sketched it, um, what it was going to look like. Oh no, that's that's the cyber rocket, not the rocket rocket. Oh, right. um, uh, yeah, no. Also, I mean, yeah, the Doctor and Co. They've been told you've got enough time once you've set the yes. bomb to to get away. But that's when Sarah transmats back up and she overhears the cyber leader, and they yeah. don't have a chance. They, it's going to blow up immediately, isn't it? Yeah, the sneaky Cybermen. It's like, yeah, we're not going to honour that. So as soon as they get into the red zone, um, they're going to explode. I I don't quite. This is this is where I think. Even this early into the gold is their weakness, it starts to unravel because they say there's so much gold uh, in Voga that the cyber radar isn't effective and they, they, they can't track them down. Why is it? Why does gold affect a radar if it, all it does is tarnishes their breathing apparatus? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think this is where they're already they're realizing this is a bit stupid weakness to be honest yes um, yeah but yes sarah overhears this and being sarah um she wants to warn the doctor doesn't she yes yeah um but meanwhile i mean we don't know what kelman's ultimate aim was because he's killed it's always a yeah. surprise when he just dies by yeah, some polystyrene boulders well it's, it's really weird as well when you watch it back to back because he yeah he dies with some polystyrene boulders falling on him in episode three and when we get the recap, he's not in it at all. No. And all we get is Harry going, Kelman's dead. Oh, yeah, Kelman, he's dead, by the way. And that's it. It's like, oh, well, well done, that character. Yeah. <laughs> he's our main villain, and now he's just not even and mentioned. And he's not there. And episode three ends with Harry, quite rightly, yes. and yeah. he thinks sensibly, trying to get the harness off of the Doctor. I, but he's going to blow up, isn't he? Yeah, I, I'm a bit, I'm a bit annoyed at the Doctor, because... Earlier on, when when they were going through the uh, airlock on, at the beginning of episode one, um, the Doctor says, I'm going to put my arm through this hole. You two hold on to it, because I'm very attached to my arm. And it, it drags him along. And he smiles at Sarah, and he absolutely glowers at Harry. Mm. And then on this, he, he, he says, Harry, um, did, were you trying to take my bomb off? Yes, Doctor, of course. And did you start the rock fall? Yeah. And then he screams famously, Harry Sullivan is an imbecile. He's a bit, he's yeah. a bit of a git, isn't he? Why? Because Harry was just trying to help. Well, that's Tom Baker. That was a complete yeah. ad lib. Oh, that was wasn't it? even oh, rehearsed. Yeah. Him shouting yeah. like that and then fainting is a Tom Baker ad lib. So is that why the others are looking at him like, what, what? is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah, we've got lots of shouty Vogons. We've got this civil war going on, but everybody looks yeah. the same, so it's all hard oh, to, to, to make yeah, it out. This, this doesn't work because I lo- it, it so reminds me of Police Squad, where they're having that gunfight outside of the uh, of Vorus's palace, 
and you see them shooting on each side, and then it cuts to a, a sort of a wide angle shot, and they're about three foot from each other. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why, why can't you hit each other? And you yeah, just can't, yeah. the, you can't tell who who's on what side, you no, know? No, it's total filler. Um, I think if the three main characters all had natty hats, each yes. had a distinctive hat, that would be easier. Yeah. Well, you can, so the, the, the Guardians, Vorus's, Nazis got short, spanky haircuts like Nazis tend to have. And then um, Tyrum's uh, militia will have long flowing locks like nice people have. Um, but that's it. That's sort of, yeah, otherwise you, you don't really care. You're going, oh, these, these putty-faced private Godfreys are just killing each other. Putty-faced private Godfrey. That's a good way of describing <laughs> them. Yeah, and, and I just find it a bit dull, you know, the whole... It should be exciting, you know, the Doctor and Harry jumping down yeah. off of a rock in Wookiee Hole and trying to smear gold into their you, uh, bits. Do you think that was the same rock that um, Glenn Sparber jumped from? There's a, I've got a mental like image now. It, yeah. I like to think of that as well. Yeah, There should um, be a blue plaque down there in memory. Yeah. I, I don't know whether... Because they, um, yeah, they, they, they're going to throw some gold spray-painted barley in, in the Cybermen's faces and that will kill them. And it doesn't work, of course, because it's like the Cybermen are, are quite strong and so they, they kick them off. And then Lester jumps down and sacrifices himself. And we get the tiniest little explosion. And I, I, I always think, is this like a secondary explosion? It's not the cyber bomb going off, it's just the buckle bomb. Because otherwise, even three of them is not going to do much to the planet, is it? Well, it's, well they keep saying it's going to be the big, biggest yeah. explosion ever, isn't it? Yeah, the biggest bang since the first It's got to be just his hardest bomb. Yeah, I, I reckon it must be. Um, it's quite nice that we see the mangled Cybermen afterwards. And that's the end of Leicester, yeah. Yeah, so. Leicester's gone. Leicester, um, yeah. The Cybermen go to detonate the bomb, but it doesn't go off. So instead yeah. they're going to crash the beacon into Voga. Yeah, because Sarah, Sarah attacks a cyber leader um, to try and stop him. I don't know what she was hoping for there, but they press the button and it doesn't go off. Um, for some reason the cyber leader is doing the time warp and he's doing the hands-on hips yeah. time warp pose. Um and then Sarah, for some reason, Sarah immediately blabs the entire plan. It's like, shut up, you stupid cow. I tell she tells the Sidemen what's happening. And I love the fact that the Sidemen goes, Sarah goes, um, um, there was a double agent and the Vogons had got a rocket pointing at you. Nonsense. And then she goes, uh, but Kelman was there. Kelman? It must, oh, it be, must true. be true. What does that prove? <laughs> yeah. Um, in that scene, um, yeah. The cyber leader's voice didn't half remind me of um, the toe cutter. Uh, you know, when Hugh Keys Burns is trying out those strange accents, yeah, accent. and he does a sort of like a South African Scottish one. Yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah, you're right. There is a bit of that. There's um, a bit of the talking like that, you yeah. know. Yeah, mm. I perhaps. I mean, at, at the time, um, yeah, the South African offences they were they were pretty horrible. Maybe that's um, what he's channeling. Space Nazis, yeah, I yeah, it could be. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Probably, is Christopher Robbie South African? I don't, I don't know. think so. Because he, sometimes he comes across Canadian, doesn't he? It's like yeah, it's very, 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 very relaxing. Wouldn't it be great if it had turned out to be Hugh Keysburn? You know, what as the cyber leader? As the cyber leader, yeah. Like, your head would be blown, wouldn't it? <sighs> that, that would be 
you'd just give up at that point. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor's now remote controlling a yes. gold-filled Cybermatties. But gold doesn't make the... Uh, nobbles the Cybermen, but surely if you put gold in a Cybermat, you're nobbling the Cybermat. Well, I suppose... Uh, do the Cybermen breathe? Because remember, all gold's doing is plating their, their breathing apparatus. So, and he, he pokes it up the Cybermat's bum. Um, but I don't know what... How, I don't know how the Cybermat can bite a Cyberman and why biting it would kill it. Wouldn't the Cyberman just go, what are you doing? You know? um, yeah, I, it, it smacks of last minute scripting. It's me. like gold has become like yeah. garlic to a vampire. Yeah, I think it? so. And that, e even in the space of four episodes, I think that's what's happened. It's almost like they've forgotten what they said in episode one or two. And they're going, oh, yeah, they're allergic to it. It's like, they're not. They're not meant to be. <laughs> um, also, the, the whole... Uh, uh, we always get in the studio. So on film, we've had some nice fights and things like that. You know. But then in studio, the, You're not the gonna same say what fight is awful. The, the, the thing that I'm thinking of, as you say that, is the doctor on his knees and the cyber leader behind him, <laughs> who, who just, like, He's shakes him. him. Yeah. <laughs> evidently, what is that um, all about? So evidently, it, it, in rehearsals, Tom Baker was meant to react to it. And then in the live recording, he didn't. So it just, it looks really stupid. Because, um, yeah, the cyber leader is, like, shaking him. And he's just sat there. It's like, what are you, <laughs> what, what are you hoping for there? Um, yeah, it's a terrible fight. It just doesn't work. No. No. As soon as anyone suggests having a fight live on the studio floor... No, they should back just go, off. We can't do it. We can't yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean they've got to leave because the Vorus has lo launched yeah. the rocket, hasn't he? Yeah. And, and another um, another great line. So the cyber leader goes, "It is time for us to leave." And Tom Baker goes, "Bye bye." I <laughs> like the great. way the cyber leader leaves, yeah. still with hands on hips. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's enjoying his job, isn't he? He's enjoying <laughs> his job. Um, yes. But then, yeah, the the, the rocket is uh, is launched. Vorus launches his rocket and again in a in a very poorly staged sort of scene where um stevenson grabs uh Vorus and tussles but everyone else just stands about watching it yeah and then and then one of the guards just machine guns everyone down um not not the greatest end for any of these characters um but yeah the rocket then misses the the ship the um nerva beacon and hits the cyber ship. Yes. Um, and that's the end of our five Cybermen, the last remaining Cybermen in the galaxy. That explosion is a bit oh dear because you've got yeah. the, uh, um, the 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 ball of fire just falling down out of yes. shot, haven't you? But this tends to be um, a problem with with a lot of these BBC ship explosions is they don't cut quick enough. I think there's that mentality of we've paid for this explosion, you're gonna see it. Yeah, but they they always leave it lingering. Yeah, you see everything fall into the studio floor and the smoke rising. Yeah, it's just like, cut a bit earlier. Cut, yeah, yeah, cut a bit earlier. Yeah, um, so that's unfortunate. It, yeah, but then that's you've got for <laughs> what's next? Talking about unfortunate. <laughs> so yeah, the, oh. the 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 beacon is heading direct for Vogus still, um, and we get a lovely conversation between Sarah and Harry. I say, old girl, have you, have you noticed that uh, you're still aiming at us? Um, and then we get the worst 
rolling landscape I've ever seen. It is terrible. Yeah, they tried because they they had a rolling landscape in Space 1999, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, and it massive. worked. It worked really well. This is this like a bucket like a, you've got turning. Yeah. Well, I, I often think I bet if you could see it, I bet it looks it's like a rolling pin that you stuck things to. It is um, terrible, and it's yeah. going so fast. It's awful. Yeah. It could be the Clangers Moon, you know. It that it's that crude, yes. you know. It just it doesn't work at all. Um, and couple that with like we we've had sh- stock shots of the Saturn V. Yeah, this the ending is very very anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the Doctor manages to to do something clever and and put the uh, the Nerva beacon back in orbit. Um, and then uh, Harry transmats up. But we ne- we don't get any goodbye with any of the others. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. Steve. Is it Stevenson or Stevens? Yeah, he's yeah. still down on Vogo. He's still on Vogo, so yeah. he can transmit back up to the Nova Beacon. But he's completely by himself now. Yeah, and I don't get it because the actor's there. It's not like it, he's been on film this whole episode, and so he's not in the studio. The actor's there in the studio. Why didn't he come back up with Harry? Yeah. Um, and then we get another really unfortunate camera angle so the TARDIS appears and the doctor opens the door and just hanging inside on a nail <laughs> is the, uh, it's the time spa- telegraph the space yeah. time telegraph yeah yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah the doctor gave the brigadier a, a recall device that says if you need me in an emergency you know give I mean honestly how bad this is I still prefer it to where Winston Churchill can phone the time. Yes, yeah. I would much rather there be a a space-time telegraph than a telephone. Or, yeah, a telephone that works across time. Um, No. So, originally, they were were due to go off, and next week, Terror of the Zygons, which would would have been the big season-ender. But um, it, it, it didn't pan out that way, did it? So, this was the end of the season. Yep. Um, it's all very rushed, the end, isn't it? The ending is very rushed, very rushed. Um, but, like I say, give, given all its flaws, and it has a horrendous number of flaws, I absolutely love this story. You've enjoyed watching yeah, this again, I've then. I've enjoyed it. Um, because, and I think, I think it was because it was also the first VHS. And I said, I said last week, there's, there's an absolute rational reason why this was chosen as the first story. And what happened was... Um, at the uh, 1983 Longleat celebration, which I had the chance to go to, and I'm glad I didn't really, because it was far too busy. But it would have been—it was all sort of the Who fans Woodstock, so you can, you know, you tell people I was there in '83, um, and I was given a choice to either go go to that or buy the Fine Arts Castings original set that was released, and I went with that, being a mercenary. Uh, collector rather than an experienced type person, but yeah, at the uh, at the Longleat celebration, they 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 wanted to start exploiting their back catalogue. So they thought, okay, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll do a questionnaire. And we'll ask the fans, what story do you want us to release first? And would they honour whatever was the that that was the plan? Yep, that was the plan. So they they handed out flyers in the video tents and they said, what what story do you want us to release? Blah, blah, blah. And the top choice by a country mile was Tomb of the Cybermen. So they went, excellent, we've got our release. Let's go and have a look for this. Oh, <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> so, so then they went, okay, it must be because it's the Cybermen. 
they're really popular. They want the Cybermen. They don't want this Daleks rubbish. They want the Cybermen. Okay, what have we got? What other Cybermen yeah. ones have we and, got? And one of the caveats, and this seems weird now, but this was this was the thought at the time was, it has to be a four episode because you can't put more than ninety minutes on a oh, single video cassette. cassette, right? And we can't we can't rent out double cassettes. It was unheard of. You don't. That's madness. So they went. It's got to be a four part. It's got to be in colour. And it's got to be the Cybermen. This well, was it. Yeah, and that's yeah. your one. Yeah. This is it. And then they, they, they decided to, to release it to test the water. Um, edited it down to 90 minutes, uh, which, because the, the thinking was people won't want to see the opening and closing credits. They'd rather watch it as a film. Which, weirdly, that idea is coming back. There's this thing called, have you seen these, the Doctor Who Supercuts? Yeah, yeah, I, I see oh. the Space 1999 movies are yeah. getting a Blu-ray release as yeah. well. Yeah, this, this idea that modern modern audiences will watch classic Doctor Who if you edit all the boring bits out. And my answer to that is, we don't want them watching it if they think it's boring. They can bugger off. Um, but yeah, the idea was, edit into a, an 89-minute film, um, bang it on a cassette, rent it out, slight sort of faux pas in that the, they gave they got someone to design the cover and they got every single element wrong <laughs> on the cover it's great the wrong logo the wrong tom baker picture from the wrong era the wrong costume the wrong cybermen it's amazing um but i still got i've still got my uh my copy oh, you um man you are such a fan it. of this story. I, I had it on betamax as well yeah i absolutely adore this story and like i say i watched it to death because when it was first released, I think it was seventy nine quid to buy it, and this this was back God, when truth. I mean my my first wages were forty quid a week, right? And this this was about around that sort of time, just before a couple of years before. So seventy nine quid that's a lot of money, you know, to buy. And it was designed for rental only. They didn't think yeah. that there would be a market. Who who's going to buy a video cassette to watch more than once? That's madness. That's never going to catch on. Good old BBC ahead of the curve. Um, but yeah, I eventually, as soon as I, as soon as I saw one, sort of cheap enough. I think I paid thirty nine quid, something like that, and that was a lot of money. That was a week's wages for me, and uh, and I bought it. And, you had to yeah, have it, didn't you? I, I had to have it. I had to have it. I absolutely. There was no question of it. Uh, I just remember sitting and watching it endlessly as soon as i finish it i'd watch it again so i i i understand that it may not be your favorite i understand the problems of it but yeah it's it's got its little hooks in me yeah no that's fine that's fine all right um we've talked about a lot of the behind the scenes i was going to talk about um but something else i've got is that the cybermen costumes from the invasion were going to be used but when yes, they went and had a look, only two had survived. Yeah. Uh, the others had perished. Well, the, the trouble is when you um, when you spray a wetsuit, it starts to perish the rubber. Mm. Um, and spraying them silver, yeah, was was not a good move. They found that in um, in the eighties as well. They had this thing called cyber crotch, so they would spray the um, the pressure suits with silver, but it would it would cause the material to just disintegrate. Um, but yeah, so yeah, they were. I think it was a. I think they did they convert two or something. I think. I yeah, t yeah, two had survived. So I guess that's the two. 
yeah. they used as the basis. Uh, the new chest units had bits from television sets. Um, oh, right. That's some that. of the detail. Yeah. Um, and Philip Hingecliffe hated it. He hated this story. Yeah. Uh, he thought it belonged to the old way of doing things. He didn't like the Vogons. He didn't like their masks. Or the way, this is a quote from him, or the way the actors played Vogons with Shakespearean projected shouting. Yeah. Well, it's, very, it's a very third Dr. Barry Let's Hear a story, isn't it? You can imagine Pertwee doing this. Yes. Um, yeah. I, although, although technically Philip Hinchcliffe was the producer for season 12, he didn't have a lot of say in the stories that had already been commissioned and the scripts that were in place. He would tweak them and Robert Holmes would tweak them. But yeah, it wasn't really till season 13 that the true... Yes, that's the proper the one. Starting, yeah. yeah, the other thing he hated was the uh, the music score uh, by Carey Blyton, who had been given the job by Michael Bryant. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, Philip Hinchcliffe made substantial edits and changes to the score, uh, along with getting uh, Radiophonic Workshop uh, Peter Howe to uh, uncredited provide a few replacement music cues yeah. so it's not the uh, music that it was yeah. designed to be Terry Blayton he did Sea Devils as well didn't he yeah and um, Death to the Daleks as yes, well he's down as I, I think he's, he's got he does Marmite scores you either, you either seem to love him or you hate him I, I love his stuff I like the Sea Devils I like Death to the Daleks but they're very very theatrically done aren't they they're not subtle no. at all no. Um, so yeah, I could see Philip Philip Hinch that Philip Hinchcliffe was very much a realism producer. Yes. And this is a, this is this is making a television uh, story. Yeah. Um, this uh, you know, brush from Live and Let Die. Oh yes. Do yeah. you know how come it ended up? I, I don't know. I, I I imagine it ended up in a prop store somewhere. No. No, 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 no. It was donated by none other than Roger Moore himself. Really? Yeah. Now, I don't know why he had it with him, but he he visited the BBC in 1973, and he later told Radio Times that the props master, not recognising Roger, had paid him two shillings and sixpence, right, for it. He says, and this is the quote from Radio Times, I'd popped into the Beeb for a cup of tea and spotted a notice about an upcoming Doctor Who, so I thought the darlings would be so cash-strapped they'd need anything they could get their hands on. It wasn't MGM after all, but I didn't expect to walk away with two and six. So I think he was just stunned. (laughs) He was actually paid for it. Yeah, I wonder how... um, Well, that does sound like a Roger Moore embellished story. It does, doesn't it? Um, Yeah. I mean, if that prop still existed now, apparently two and six at that time is 12.5p, which was about the price of a a Marvel comic, I I, I seem to remember. So, uh, yeah, that's not much. It'd be worth a bit more now. Yes. Because you'd be fighting, James Bond collectors would be fighting with Doctor Who collectors. Oh, there's a fight I want to see. Yeah. Uh, And then, special effects wise, I've got three quotes. The first is from John Freelander. Um, saying, um, I think I cast the Vogon masks for this story, but I can't be sure. You have to remember that by this time, I taught my techniques to several other people in the effects and makeup departments. To add to my confusion, I later made another race of aliens, also called Vogons, for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. All right. So that's number one. 
clip number two is from Reese Johns, also from the effects department, and he says, uh, John Freelander asked me to be the human model for the Vogon masks he was making. I had to sit upright and have Vaseline rubbed over my face and drinking straws stuck up my nose as John proceeded to cover my face in plaster bandages. I had to keep completely still for a while so as not to spoil the cast. This wasn't easy as the other lads in the department couldn't resist the temptation of trying to make me laugh. I wasn't too keen with a likeness on completion as the masks were a very smoothed out likeness of me finished in a shiny chrome colour. So he presumably looks like a star or Private Godfrey. He looks like Private line. Godfrey, yes. And then finally, who is this from? This is from Jim Ward. Um, to simulate the Vogon Caves, we went on location to Wookiee Hole, which was very strange and quite atmospheric. He, oh, yeah, then he goes on about this. Uh, I don't know if it's a modern myth about how, you know, Elizabeth Sladen nearly drowned when she fell out of one of the boats. Uh, I think it's one of those things where... It did happen, but it's been, like most Doctor Who stories, it was one of those that was tried out at every convention, embellished. Yeah, she fell in the water, basically. Yeah, but there's things about she had touched the witch statue and, you know, it's the curse of it, you know. I'm I'm sorry, the supernatural doesn't exist. (laughs) I think it does. Um, Yeah, it's it's like the story of, uh, I think, I can't remember whether it was... um, Barry Lex or someone, and they said they, they had a 10-minute conversation with someone. It turned out it was the ghost of a diver that had died. No, it wasn't, because they don't exist. Yeah, there you go. Uh, th- then finally he says, uh, we staged a battle sequence between the Vogons and the Cybermen in the caves. The Cybermen helmets had been remade by an outside contractor. We then installed a firing mechanism to operate the four gun chambers on the top. The actors playing the Cybermen fired the charges themselves, yeah. which had to be reloaded between each take. Yeah, much like the, um, the Federation Troopers guns. Yes, like yep. Flash charge. Yep. Was it... Is it the same mould as the Invasion Cybermen? It said it had to be remade by an outside contractor. I don't know. You would think they would still have the moulds, wouldn't you? You think so? Yeah, I I thought it was interesting that the the Invasion Cyber helmets, certainly, and I presume they probably used the same moulds, it was actually they they converted a tomb so the faces the tomb side men they just put those sides on i just assumed they would have sculpted it all new but yeah it wasn't it was well yeah i did love this design of cyber yes my favorite cyber um and then he says um i still have a note from the show's producer philip hinchcliffe telling me that my uh, that no cybermen so sorry no cybermats from pat troughton's era had been found in storage with this discovery he sent me a photograph of the creatures i decided to redesign them slightly to make them more streamlined and also to indicate the advances in cybermen technology to animate the cybermats in the studio we used several techniques uh, recording them separately via CSO or pulling them along on strings. We also yeah, got Elizabeth they, they Sladen. Like maggots, like yeah. Said, yeah, yeah. We also got Elizabeth Sladen to a- attack herself with one. Uh, Tom Baker showed quite a bit of interest in the special effects, and he even visited us filming the model sequences in the Puppet Theatre at Television Centre. The spaceship model we constructed back then were always made from odds and ends. We never had any money. This made it especially rewarding when you achieve quality results because you you'd be using limitless ingenuity rather than limitless funds. There you go. Yeah, perhaps a few of a little bit more funds. Yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, alright, well, here we go then. Um, are we going to vote on just the Cybermen? Is there a distinction for you between the Cyber Leader and the Cybermen? Um, yeah, I think, let, yeah, let's, let's just, just to elongate this episode even more. Like, should we do the Cybermen, the Cyber Leader, the Cybermax? Do we want to do Kalman? Does he get an honourable... We could Is do Kelman just as yeah. an adversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a de he's definitely a, um, uh, an adversary, isn't yeah. he? What but about, we'll just um, give him an adversary yeah. rating, not design yes, yeah, or not effectiveness. Design. What about uh, Vorus? Shouty, shouty. Shall we give Vorus? Yeah, go on. Let's, let's do Vorus as I'm well. I'm planned for any of this, so this will be made up <laughs> out of me. All right. Basically. Well, let's go with Vorus first. Vorus design first, of Vorus. Okay. Um. I can I sort of can appreciate what they were going for, and it, I think it's admirable that they did. They tried to do something alien, but it's such a strange design with those big, sort of um, half circles above the eyes and that. Um, Design-wise, it absolutely one of the mill five. Five. All right. That well, I got. I gave him a three because that yeah. it's just not good. All right. So that's a four. For design and how effective was Vorus? Um, the this is where I think um, the performance comes in. Uh, I really like him as a character, but the mask to me, his his is one. Sadly, he's he's the most seen Vogon, but his mask it doesn't look anything other than a mask mm. to me. Um, so you've got to go. I, uh, perhaps that's why why he played it. Why David Collins played it so over the top? Do you reckon? Yeah, my, what, to, to, to get it, through yeah, the mask. To get through the mask. Mm. Um, so, I if it was just on his voice and his performance, it would be very high. But an overall with the mask and that, to me, um, I'm going to stick a five. He's middle of the road. Yeah, I've got a five as well. Yeah. All right. So that's a adversary rating of four and a half. Okay, I think it's fair. All right, so there he is, four and a half. Let's do Kelman now Kelman, then. Yeah. Just adversary uh, rating. Yeah, I, I like Kelman. It, it's a shame he disappears. I wonder if there was some reason for that. Perhaps the actor wasn't available for the fourth episode or something. But I like. Is it Jeremy Wilkins? Is that Jeremy Wilkin? Yeah. Wilkin. Yeah, I like it because he appears in quite a few programs we like, don't it? like UFO, Blank yeah. Seven. Always plays a, a, a horrible villain. Yeah, but in UFO, yeah. he's a good guy. Oh, no, he's he's, a, he's a one a of the skydiver sky crew. Yeah. yeah. You get to you get to see his uh, his manly chest. Don't you, you get to see his nipples. Vest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeremy Wilkins' nipples. That's a fanzine title. <laughs> Not sure how well it'd sell. Um, I like Kelman. He's too obvious a villain. Yes. So, to me, he gets a six. All right, well, I gave him a seven. Oh, I, right, I, oh, I, right. I really liked yeah. him. We didn't talk about his clothing. I like his like almost sailor-like outfit. Yes, yeah, he's, um, his roll neck and his uh, blazer. Yes. He's so, a smart villain. Yes. He's not, not letting the side down. So he's six and a half. Right, let's do the Cybermats now. The Cybermats. Uh, what about the look of the Cybermats then? I, I enjoy these ones. What, do you remember what I gave the two ones? Not what you gave them, but I can tell you what the final oh, right. uh, okay, thing is. Let me uh, try, try and find them. Um, oh, I can't even find one. Because I don't, I don't want to screw up that, because this is part of the sort of special for the Cybermen as well, isn't it? So we've got to do it also in relation to what we voted Right, well, well, Tomb of the Cybermen, <coughs> yeah. Cybermat, is a 5.4. Okay. 
Um, and the wheel in space Cybermat is a 5.6. Yeah, because we were alternate on that. Where you lo- you really like the blank sort of golf ball. Yeah, golf ball eyes, I didn't like the cute ones. ones. Yeah, um, I think these. this is probably my favourite Cybermat design. So I'm going to go with a 7 on oh, this one. Snap. Yeah. That's exactly what I've I'd got. I've never I'd seen like the model them. of it. Have you ever seen the model? No, I but I, think, I think it'd be easy to make. Yeah. Little Rager controlled one. Yeah. All right, and how effective is it? Um, I think they work okay because although some of the CSO, you know, I think you've just got to allow for CSO, haven't you, that is never going to be particularly convincing. But they, they, they seem to move better than the uh, the 60s one, other than that one shot where Tom Baker's threatening Kelman and it cuts and it's just sat there. It's not doing anything. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's stopped. Um, so effectiveness, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to stick with a seven, I think. All right. I, I gave it a six. All right. So that's six and a half. Okay. So seven plus 6.5 divided by two equals 6.75. I think that's our highest Cybermat. Yeah. I think right. that's fair. They, do, they never come back, do they? Oh, no. Is, I, is there any no, I saw him behind the scenes. No, no. He knew who. They were oh, around right. in knew uh, who uh, somewhere or other. Oh, Yes, you're right. That well, that one where they suddenly the Cybermen have got nanotechnology. Oh, oh, is that the one? Matt Smith one. Yeah, I seem to remember. Well, what oh, what, what a thrill that will be when we get to We've the got some rubbish to get through. Yes. All right. I'm shall just we do watch Revenge again? And then <laughs> pretend. Okay. Um, Cybermen. Just Cybermen, your, your yes. box standard Cybermen. The design of this. I think I might uh, know the answer. Yeah. I I I really I love these Cybermen. I think the the shiny silver helmets don't quite work as well as the Cyber Leader, but design-wise, uh, these Cybermen get a ten. Yeah, they're a ten for me. I mean, this yeah. design was a ten for me from the Invasion. Um, yes, yeah. Um, so, pretty, pretty so, similar, yeah. And how effective are this new um, version? Like I say, I think I think for me they lose half a point to nine point five for effectiveness because. I, I'm not a great fan of shiny silver. Chrome it. If you're going to do shiny silver, chrome it. You know, but their shiny, their shiny heads are a bit distracting. Um, but yeah, they only drop a minute bit, so nine point five for effectiveness. Okay, well I dropped them down to a nine, right. so that's nine point two five. All right, the average. All right. Are you, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Can you I'm hear me? Wa- well, we've had problems. I can hear you. We've <laughs> had week. problems with this, haven't we? And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the levels now going, oh, God, has it gone off? Not so near the end. Imagine if we lost this. Oh, yeah. no, dang. All right, so that is a final uh, tally of 9.6 okay. for the Cybermen. It's 9.625, but we'll call that 9.6. 9. 6, yeah. And then on to uh, the, the, the Cyberman with a blackhead. I, um, I, I like... I know, because they... they like you say, if they wanted a transparent one, would that work? I don't know. I like the black because it always reminds me of um, the um, what was his name, Croton, the, the yes, Cyberman yeah, with the Steve Dillon one, yeah, which is basically this guy. He's a Cyberman with yeah, emotions. Yeah, um, yeah. I think ten out of ten for me on that one. I think what helps is not only is it black, it's yeah. like a, a matte black. If yes. it had been a shiny yeah. black, oh, yeah, it, it wouldn't have been so good. You know, it 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 looks really nifty uh yeah i i join you in a 10 for that 
And then how effective is this one? Effectiveness, I love it. I know some people have got a problem with um, Christopher Robbie. I think he's brilliant. I love this emotion, emotion-full Cyberman. I love his hands on hips. I just love every part of him, so 10 out of 10 for me. And Snap, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm giving yeah. him a 10 as well. So we have a very rare instance of a 10 out of 10 on yeah. adversary. All right. So if we go back to the bottom, to the lowest score today, yeah. four and a half for the Vogans. The Vogans share a caravan with... Oh, blimey, this is a, uh, a mix of yeah. people. <coughs> we have a Yeti okay, yeah. from the Abominable Snowmen. Uh, the Vervoids. Well, yeah, we, we're into dodgy mask territory now. Yes, and poor old Phineas Clanton. Oh, Finn. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to know what's going on here, is he? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I want to see his face. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's going to make some racist comment, isn't he? Yes. <sighs> right, six and a half, Kelman. Yes. He shares... A caravan with one other species. Oh. If it's litten, oh, species. I was going to say, if it was litten, that would be amazingly. Yeah, but apt. it's not. 6.5 are the mutts. Oh, yeah, okay. Who were the mutts? The, um, from the mutants, they were the big insects. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, he'll be bossing them around or trying yeah. to boss them around, won't he? he? He's, yeah, he's going he's gonna to form them into an army before you can say anything. Yeah. Okay, then we'll move up to the Cybermat. And the Cybermat is sharing with Sill. Okay, yeah. Um, Attack of the Cybermen Litten. Yep, that's right. sort of, sort of actish. Yeah. Smilers. Yeah, okay. Uh, Catkin. Oh, God. Oh, is it, this going to be the maggots as well? It is, yeah. yeah. Johnny Ringo and the giant maggots. So. Oh, God, that, that's, a, that's a, such a weird caravan there. Yeah, um, and will it get weirder as we go further? Yeah. I mean, it's apt that they're with the maggots because there are a lot of similarities between the way they were realised and the episode ending. And yeah, that could we could we envisage a double up where you get an episode where it's cyber maggots? Cyber maggots. Um, yeah. All right, and then we have the regular Cybermen from this yep. tale. Uh, they are right at the other end of the caravan park. Next door to the one right up by, you know, the swimming pool and everything in the number one spot. In second place, these Cybermen are at 9.6. And only one other creature lives in that caravan. Oh, wow. We're um, up into the rarefied heights now. Aren't we? Very rarefied heights. Yeah. Uh, the Cybermen are sharing with the Daleks from the really? Daleks. Oh, God. That's, that's company indeed, isn't it? That's a lot of silver yeah. there. <laughs> that is, yeah. That's a very, very shiny caravan there. Yeah. That's all right. I, I'm okay with that. Because, I, yeah, I'd say, the, I th I'd say our scoring works there because uh, I think they're up there with the Dalek designs, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then the Cyber Leader, yeah, he's at the top yep. of the caravan park. Is he our highest scoring? He's the highest score, scoring, but somebody else is living at number oh. 10. Oh, is it... Um, did we give links, sir? It is links. Is it links? Links okay, and the cyber yeah. leader. This is going to be like bottom. This is like Richie and Eddie. They're it just is, going to yeah. be bossing each other around. There's. Uh, I, I want to see that story where yeah, cyber leaders prancing about hands on hips, and links is just sat there like muttering in an Afghanic way. Oh, this, <laughs> someone's big finish. You got to do this. Yes. You got to do yeah. this. 
So that is a very rare occurrence. Yes. I mean, Lynx was quite an early episode for us. Yeah, I think that was our, that was our first poetry one. No, our first special. Wasn't it was it, our sometimes? first special, yeah. yeah. So that would have been episode 14 then, wouldn't it? Wow. You yeah. can tell this era is our era, though, can't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this tale is definitely your tale, mm. yeah, which, yeah. which is a nice segue into, I know it is, where, where on your top ten this, is it? This will annoy everyone. And it's purely for my, because I do love this. This goes straight into It's going to be number one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know, I, I imagine there'll be a lot of grinding teeth, and, you know, that's not fair. But it's, it's our choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, I, I absolutely adore this one. I, it, you, I know it's got faults, I, but I can watch this any amount of time. It was an absolute joy to watch this again um, on Blu-ray. It, yeah, it, it's my favourite, unabashedly. Yeah, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I, I, I think anybody that might have a problem with you putting a number one, I would say, you know, what cherished thing do you have yeah, from your childhood? Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's like why I can put on, you know, the old Marine Boy yeah. cartoon from the 60s and just have a soppy smile on my face. I'd, I'll dig out my Batman bubblegum cards from 1966 and just have yeah, a it, soppy look on my face, you know? That's nostalgia. It takes you back to that happy time doesn't it yeah and, and for me obviously you know that that era was you know that was that was my my happy time as as childhood yes but yeah. unfortunately alas by you putting that at, uh, yeah, at the top just, you've lost the green some, death that was yeah. number 10 for one week <laughs> you know, yeah. he's gone now i did think about should i rearrange it because green death can you go through my top 10 all right well we might we might because green death is good and i this is the trouble with 10 stories when we've got, I don't know how many Doctor Who stories to go through. It's going to be difficult, but the cat's meowing, so I don't think she agrees. Yeah, if you go, go through She's telling 10, you to do it. Let's All right. see if we can perhaps swap something out, but I'm not sure. Well, Green Death, if, if we remove yeah. that, the next one at the bottom is the Gunfighters. Uh, okay, what's after that? Web of Fear. Yeah, see, we're into Web of We're into stuff that i love do you know what um i'm i'm sorry billy i love the gunfighters but i would probably watch green death so i think green gun, death gets a reprieve yeah pop it back in it and we lose gunfighters yeah well, how long it will last it depends on what you choose next episode i suppose well i have absolutely no idea no oh. idea whatsoever oh, is this another one you've not seen it's a story i've never seen before it's another one of these stories that I bought and own already because it's, uh, you know, part of a um, box set. Yeah. And we've covered one story, and this has been sat on my shelf for months and months and months and months. And I never saw it. Have you not watched it at all? No. No, it's just sat there. Because, okay. you know, every week we watch a new Doctor Who story. I just yeah. don't have the time, you know? Yeah, especially with some of the other stuff you're doing as well. It's like, yeah, there's, there's a, a very limited... Um, watching for pleasure window, isn't there, that we've got. It was a benefit of having COVID that I had five yeah. days of just doing nothing but watching things, you know. Well, all you got to do is go out into the street and get people <laughs> to cough, on, cough you. on me. Cough on me, yeah, yeah. So I've got no idea about um, what to give you as a clue. I oh, mean, right, you know, okay. it's a fifth doctor. All I can say is... Um, can you tell me which which one of his three seasons it's from? No, I don't so, know. Oh, don't I know, know there's two. All I know from it is because I go on this website and it lists all the monsters and aliens right. from every story. So I scrolled down to this story and there's two D 
different alien species. They look like okay. aliens to me. Two okay, completely let's, different let ones. Let me think. Let me think. Two alien species. Um, and I've never heard of them, and I've never, I've never seen these names before, or yeah, seen a photo of them before. Depending on your definition of alien species, it could be time flight because you have got the plasmatrons and uh, Khalid on there, but I don't think so. It doesn't. I don't think that's going to be right. Um, season twenty. No, season. Yeah, season twenty would be. We, have we done Modern and Dead? There's only one alien species in that. It's David Collins again, so I don't think mm. that's it. Um, I might, I, uh, no other clue. Are they humanoid aliens? I don't know. Let's face it, I don't know whether that ties it down. I don't know. No, all I'll say is you're right first time. It was time flight. Time flight, yeah. Oh god, okay. Um, it I says, spy, yeah. It I says here okay, plasmatons okay. and xerophins. Yeah. Oh, okay. With an um, X. Yeah, okay. You might, you might have another adversary to add in there. Oh, right, um, okay. There's there's another alien called Khalid uh, in there. Um, okay, th this. Do you know anything about. It's got Concord in it, that's all yeah. I know about it. Do you, do you know its reputation? Or... No. No, okay, okay. Um, this this will be bloody interesting. Um, I don't know anything about it. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything, but but it does have a reputation. But I won't say whether it's a reputation for good or bad. All right, okay. But, yeah. Well, I'm going to be going into that one completely okay. <laughs> blind. All right. Wow. Um, also, uh, prepare yourself for CSO. That's all I'll say. Still in the yeah in, yep yeah uh, and think of think how if CSO in the early seventies looks bad when they had all the facilities to do it, think what it was like when they'd lost all those facilities. Right. Okay. Um, okay, that's that's really interesting because it's 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 one I've only seen a few times, um, so it will be interesting to watch it again. Okay. Um, I can watch it on Blu-ray, I think as well. It's on. It's the first season, isn't it? Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. Okay then. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see us in a week, folks, and let's yes. see what I've made of this one. Yes. Yeah, see, see if you see if your Concord ticket is first class, or you're in the baggage hold. Yeah. Will <laughs> time fly while yeah. I'm watching it or not? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right then, Ian. Well, Good one. speak to you in a week about that then. Nice one. Right. Thanks, Ian. Cheers, Ian. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye.